This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 579. Great to have your company once again. Thanks for joining me. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the app economy is thriving in Australia. We're going to tell you about the growth. Sony has released a new slimline PlayStation 5 just in time for Christmas and Epson has launched a short throw home theatre projector. In the Tech Guide reviews, we get behind the wheel of the new Tesla Model 3. We'll also check out the new Ember mugs that can keep your tea and coffee warm. And Laser has launched an affordable range of decorative smart lighting. And we'll answer all your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, the you think about how many apps you use in your life, and there's a lot. And uh, every, every one of us, you, you think about apps that weren't around just even a few short years ago, like Uber, um, all, all the all the takeaway food apps, uh, even Google Maps years ago, that, that was developed in Australia. All, all of these little applications that run on our smartphones weren't around in 2008. 2008 is when the App Store, Apple's App Store kicked off, July 10, 2008 to be precise. And all of those apps that I described – and, and many, many more, all of them, did not exist pre-2008. And what else didn't exist were all the jobs that these apps created. You think about it, these were businesses that were set up to run these apps. And that required developers and, and other engineers and, and coders and all these other people to start to get it off the ground. But then, of course, it became a business, and so people are employed as they would be in any other regular business. There's salespeople, there's other other staff, there, there's the finance people, there's all, all different sections of a regular company. The company just happens to be an app. Now, it has created in Australia what they call the app economy, which are jobs that, as I said, didn't exist 15 years ago but that are now one of the some of the most important jobs and most lucrative as well uh, in, in, in any industry. So this is, there was a report released by the Progressive Policy Institute. This was uh, an, a, a, a report that looked at the entire app economy. And we're not just talking Apple apps here, we're talking iOS, we're talking Android, and we're talking the total app economy. Because you've got to remember, most apps run on both iOS and on Android, or all the major apps, the ones that I mentioned at the top, they're all running on all systems, so iOS and Android. And so there's work involved just to, just in those in, in that regard where you need to have an iOS specialist, an Android specialist, 
And so this has created what has been described as the app economy. So back in March 2017, there were 113,000 jobs in the app economy. So these are people, developers and, and people that work in these businesses. Now, fast forward to August this year, August 2023, and the total app economy is now 182,000 people. That's around that's just in Australia. That's a 61% jump from 6 years ago. And you know what? It's going to get even higher. Now, it is if you break it up into operating systems, there are 174,000 employed in the iOS ecosystem, so that's that's this year. And they that that was an eighty one percent increase from the ninety six thousand in twenty seventeen. Now in the Android, there are one hundred and sixty six thousand in the Android ecosystem, which that has grown ninety percent from the eighty seven thousand in twenty seventeen. So how's that Android uh, app economy or the number of jobs has grown? It's grown more than than Apple than jobs in the Apple app economy really does open your eyes to the size of the of the app economy but also the the how well Australia is doing on the world stage when it comes to releasing amazing apps and I'll, I'll name a few there is the Sydney based Canva anyone who's ever heard of Canva it's a it's sort of a graphic graphic design you know design invoices and birthday cards and YouTube thumbnails whatever you want to design Canva is a remarkable Australian success story based in Sydney and employing thousands of people around the world. Uh, another company, Tasmanian-based Savage Interactive. They're better known, best known as the people behind Procreate. That's a, an amazing artist app. It is that is one of it's always on Apple's recommended list. They always use it also in demonstrations because it is so graphic and so beautiful to to look at. Uh, Apple often use that as an example of the to demonstrate the power of a new iPad or something like that. And there's also Melbourne-based fintech company. You might have heard of this little company, Afterpay, another Aussie company, and they all started as apps, and that's and they've grown and grown. So they're the best examples in Australia. So you can just imagine the, the figures that I quoted are just in Australia. So you can just imagine around the world how, the size of the app economy and it is growing at a similar pace in other parts of the world as well. But Aussies flying the flag. We're doing really well. Some of the most beloved apps, the most used apps, uh, often uh, a lot of them are from Australia. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about Canva and Procreate and Afterpay, but also we're big in the gaming community too, in the, in the gaming apps. Uh, I think Halfbrick, they, they were the, the Brisbane-based company behind Fruit Ninja. Who remembers playing that? Who still plays that? that that's just one example of many that are created right here in Australia and creating jobs at the same time. Apple, uh, in, in the same, on the same day where this report was released, Apple also happened to name their App Store Award winners and they named the best apps for the iPhone uh, and also, so not just apps, but also they named the best uh, iOS games as well. Uh, and the, the iPhone app of the year was All Trails, I think this is a, it's like a, 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 tra a trekking 
hiking uh, application that gives you all these great paths to, to follow if you might be halfway around the world. You can look. You can look that up. The iPhone game of the year was Honkai Star Rail. That was the uh, the game of the year. iPad app of the year was Preta Makeup, uh, which is a makeup app. Never heard of that one. The Mac app of the year was Photomator. I think that's a that's a photo editing editing software. Uh, the Apple Watch app of the year was Smart Gym. Now the iPad game of the year was called Lost in Play. The Mac game of the year was Lies of P, the letter P. The Apple Arcade game of the year was Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Now, these were chosen, uh, they were chosen by the App Store team. So this was a, a group of people that was chosen, the editorial team, and the they they had to choose, they had to offer users meaningful experiences and they had to inspire cultural change. So... They were the requirements, and uh, that, that's what the team uh, came up with. So these aren't necessarily the most popular or the most downloaded, but these are the ones that fit that criteria of being meaningful but also inspiring cultural change. I've got the full list there of the App Award, App Store Award winners for 2023, and there's a graph there too for the Australian app economy, so you can see those figures growing over the years. Uh, so the whole thing there, if you want to find out even more, check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated, Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, I think a year ago, if you tried to find a Sony PlayStation 5 in stock for Christmas, it would have been considered a Christmas miracle. Same thing with the year before. So it was pretty scarce stock for the last couple of years. I think it had something to do with COVID and the chip shortage and just the sheer demand for the product. Uh, so that was uh, anyone who actually, before this year, who was who actually could buy a PlayStation 5, it was like winning Lotto. Well, Sony Interactive Entertainment is offering, uh, there's no such problem this year because they've just announced a new slimline PlayStation 5 console. They did the same thing with the PS3. I think they did the same thing with the PS4 where they they are, they they released it in its normal size and then uh, they they went they went to work and made it smaller. Same power, mind you. Same power and storage capacity, but smaller and slimmer design. So normal same power as the original model includes one terabyte of storage for the PS5 and the PS5 Digital Edition. Now, the new model, if you were to purchase the Digital Edition, which doesn't come with a drive, so there's no drive in it, but if you happen to think, you know what, I'm going to get the Digital Edition and then, you know what, I'm going to buy, I want the, the drive, you can actually purchase that separately. So you can actually purchase the Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive separately uh, and attach it to like a little panel comes off and you actually could hook it in and attach it to the digital edition uh, of the PlayStation 5. You couldn't do that with the original. It was one or the other, the, the normal size one. But with the slim, you do get that option. But if you're buying the regular, you're going to get the disc drive in it anyway. And don't forget they can play they can play 4K discs now. Now, how, how much smaller is it, I hear you ask? The new slim PS5 is 30% smaller in terms of volume, 30%. That's a third gone. It's also 24% lighter. 
Uh, so 24% lighter than the regular one. The PS5 Digital Edition is 18% lighter. And if you really want to know the measurements, 35.8 centimetres wide. So if you normally lay them flat, you, there are pictures on Tech Guide and have been since it came out where if you have a stand, you're resting it on its, on its edge. So if it's sitting horizontally, uh, the width of it, so with the disk drive down and horizontal, that is 35.8 centimetres wide, uh, 9.6 centimetres high, and 21.6 centimetres deep, and it weighs 3.2 kilograms. Now, the new, the new design is not only smaller, but there are also four separate cover panels. So you're able to pop off the panel and replace them with different color paneling. So the new design, four color panel, four cover panels, it's white, glossy panels on top, matte finish down below. Uh, and you can, if you want to, if you want to add on that, these are going to be a deep, what they call the deep earth collection. So you can mix and match those panels in volcanic red, cobalt blue, and even sterling silver. Now, how much is it? It is the same price, $799.95 for the Ultra HD Disk Drive Edition, so the Disk Edition. And the Digital Edition is $679.95. But if you decide at a later date that you want, you know what, I want the Disk Drive, you're going to pay an additional $159.95. So you add that up, it's going to be over 800 bucks because you were indecisive and you didn't want your disk drive straight away. But if you decide to go all in with the drive, it's seven nine nine ninety five. So uh, you better – I know you're going to pay slightly more if you decide later that you actually want the disk drive, but that's up to you. Now, it is still powered by the AMD Ryzen Zen 2 chip, the x86-64. Eight cores, 16 threads, still the same power and performance you would expect from the regular size PlayStation 5, now shoehorned in to a chassis that's 30% smaller than the original. That's an achievement. So good on Sony, and it's, isn't it, isn't it, hasn't it come at the right time of year, just in time for Christmas? So pre-orders kicked off last week. I'm recording this on December the 4th. So it actually goes on sale in two days, December 6th. So if you've pre-ordered, that's when you're going to pick it up. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to have stock. You can walk in on December 6th and buy one over the counter. Up to you. Or if you want to safeguard the whole thing, get in and pre-order as soon as you hear this because uh, it's out in a couple of days. The PlayStation 5 Slimline Edition. You can find out more. Check out the photos and the specs at techguide.com.au. Now, Epson is a brand we know. Uh, my printer is actually an Epson. But Epson have a whole other side, a whole division of their company that make short-throw projectors. They, they put one out a few years ago, I think about two or three years ago, but they've just released the latest model, the Ultra Smart Streaming Laser Projector. The model number is the EHLS650. Now, this is the 4K Pro UHD technology on board. So you're getting 4K quality 
amazing color, excellent brightness, so you can watch your TVs and t- your TV show, as I should say, and movies on a larger scale. So it gives you that true cinematic feel. And it is an ultra short throw projector, which means it's got a short throw. Short throw means how far it has to be from the wall to create the image. In this instance, it's only a matter of centimetres, as with all short throw projectors, for it to create a 120-inch screen. And this comes with a screen. So Epson has a special screen that is it comes with this that ships with the projector, and it has a special material and similar ambient light rejection technology that Hisense have with their range of short throw projectors. Hisense short throw projectors are called laser projectors. This is called laser too, but uh, it is a short throw, like the Hisense model, short throw projector. Similar technology as well with the screen. It's got a special material and the way the light hits it and then bounces towards the viewer, our eyes, means that it can reject redirect up to 90% of ambient light, which means even in the bright middle of the day, you can still watch this. It's ideal, of course, having a totally darkened room, but bright enough to make out make out what's on the screen. So it could be your all-day TV if you want to. Now, the unit also has built-in sound as well. There's Yamaha 2.1 Virtual Surround System. That's what a lot of people don't understand. The short throw projector has everything in it. It's got the speakers. It's got the projector itself. It also has the inputs, so all the HDMI ports. It even has a – I think this one has an Android operating system as well, so you can access all your streaming apps and everything you need. So it's running actually Android TV. So all of those apps are right there at your fingertips. So it's basically the same experience as having a smart TV, except the screen you're watching is being beamed out of the projector rather than being displayed on a physical LCD screen. So that is the difference. But still offering that great quality as well. The short throw projector also has an eARC HDMI port. eARC is... Uh, audio return channel. That's normally where you plug in a sound bar or an external AV receiver, and you can then expand the sound quality to your other speakers. If you've got a decent setup already, the, the Epson short throw projector can actually integrate into that setup, which is pretty cool. The EHLS650 offers super sharp 4K, uh, 4K resolution uses pixel shifting technology. So you're getting a pretty sharp image there without sacrificing picture brightness. And you can fit it on an entertainment unit. So it doesn't take any more space than your smart TV would. But unlike a regular projector, which I have in my dedicated home theater, it's just the projector. So I had to connect that projector to the receiver and to the receiver I had to connect all my sources. And the speakers, of course, were separate. So... This is an all-in-one unit. Out of the box, you're going to get a 120-inch picture, and and it's a projector. No need to mount it on the ceiling and calibrate it. It's all there, really easy to set up as well, and uh, has great built-in speakers through uh, Yamaha-tuned speakers as well, and a single cable solution for your audio. So one of the HDMI ports has that EARC support, and uh, that the ambient light rejecting screen too can also... 
uh, can also get re redirect up to 90% of ambient light. So all you're seeing is a nice bright picture at any time of the day or night. The Epson EHLS650 Smart Streaming Laser Projector is available now through authorized Epson resellers and partners. It's priced at $3,999, which I reckon is a, it's a bargain. You're getting a 120-inch image. It's really easy to set up, really good quality, and at that price, it's pretty competitive. If you want to take a close look at it and read our story, you'll find it at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We've got a cracker first review for you. It's the Tesla 2024 Model 3, the redesigned Model 3 that we've been driving around for nearly a week. Uh, I've given it back now, though. And I, as you all know, I used to be a Tesla driver. I did have the Model S, uh, sold that back in June. I'm now a Mercedes-Benz EV driver and loving it, by the way. But it was good to get behind the wheel of a Tesla again. It, it the, the minimalist, the simplicity of the interior of the car really was, uh, it reminded me of, uh, of having my Model S. And this new Model 3 has had a significant redesign and a number of new features on board as well. It's a huge jump from the current Model 3. Anyone ordering this new Model 3, you will be able to – it should be on the road. You should get it. The, their website's saying anywhere between January and April. So that's a pretty big window. Uh, so if you are ordering today, that, that's when you can expect it. Uh, the, the model that we drove was the long-range edition, the 2024 Model 3 long-range model, which uh, starts at 71,900, has a range of 629 kilometres, top speed 201 kilometres an hour, and 0 to 100 in just 4.4 seconds. So it's a typical Tesla, very zippy, solid performance, impressive range as well. So that, that's important. Uh, and you can tell on the outside a few few changes. The, the headlights are completely different. The headlights are a little bit uh, bit longer and narrower, so they wrap around the car a bit more. The body shape, the more I look at it, and I'm I'm seeing less less of a difference. But when I first laid eyes on it, I thought that the the body had a lot less curvature. So the the other bubbly sort of Model Three look. This had a few straighter, sleeker lines to give it a bit more of an aggressive, more aggressive stance. So there is, for the trained eye, you will notice some subtle differences. Even around the back, 
the the tail lights are they've they've changed as well, so they've been integrated into the tailgate, uh, and uh, they are a different shape as well. Uh, and had it had the eighteen inch wheels and side on doesn't look a whole lot different, but front from the front from the back you are going to notice some significant changes. But it's only when you get into the car where you'll notice a few features that were actually first introduced on the Model S Plaid. So things like the the wheel has no stalks, for example. The Model S came out with the yoke steering wheel and no stalks. So no windscreen wiper controller, no gear changer, indicator, nothing around the wheel. It was naked around the wheel. Now, all those features have been integrated either as buttons on the wheel itself or as a feature of the main central 15-inch display. So that's the first thing you'll notice. Also, no cluster in front of the driver. Like the previous Model 3, no Model 3's had anything in front of the driver. And that is... Uh, Look, it's meant to give you a greater view of the road and sort of that minimalist look, but you do still have to look down and and left to see your speed and to see any other other notifications or warnings or whatever. If you're following a map, not quite safe, I think, where you've got to look down to your left all the time. I think what this car needs is a heads-up display. Where there's no cluster, put in a little heads-up display and you can see the your that vital information. You can see the speed. You can maybe see your next turn and your navigation. You can see uh, whether autopilot's engaged. I don't know. There's, it's you looking through the windscreen and seeing that information in your eye line. This is it's a no-brainer to add to this car. I can't believe they haven't done this already. That's one downside of it. I'm thinking, well, where that's an opportunity lost where they could put a really cool heads-up display that you see just in the in the windscreen as you're looking through at the road. My Mercedes-Benz, my EQE 350 has this feature, and it's great. I, I, it, it tells you how fast you're going, flashes if you're going over the speed limit. Uh, if I'm navigating, it tells me my next turn. Uh, if I'm on cruise control or lane keeping, it's, it's all there on the, on the, in that display as well. I think it's an opportunity missed there. Now let's talk about the indicators, which the stalk's gone, so it's not a matter of up for up for left and and, and down for right, uh, depending on what side the stalks were. But instead, now you've got uh, buttons. So button pointing to the left, button pointing to the right. As soon as you press that button, you'll see that the indicator. You'll hear it, and you'll see it on the main screen. And what it does too, when you hit that side, say I'm turning left. I press the left button and it'll activate the camera down the left side of the car so I can see a clearer view of the turn where I'm turning. If there's anyone coming up my in, in the inside or in my blind spot, I can see it. Same thing if I turn right, it'll engage the right-hand side camera. And I, I did wonder what happens when you're just changing lanes really quickly? What, what do you do there? Do you have to turn it off or what do you do? <clears throat> in fact... It actually detects when you cross over, say I'm changing lanes from right to left and I, I go, I indicate left and it actually detects when you cross the line, the line that separates the lanes, it detects it and actually turns off the blinker, turns off the indicator, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought I'm having to turn it off myself like a normal stalk. You know, you, you just hold the stalk up, it does it for three seconds. If you let go, it stops. If you engage it fully, then you've got to disengage it once you've changed lanes. This does it all for you though, which is pretty good. 
What about the gear changer? Anyone who's driven a Tesla or a Model S or a Model 3 on the right side was your up for up for uh, park. Oh, no, sorry, up for reverse, down for drive, push the button in for park. Uh, neutral was sort of in between. What do you do now if there's no stalk? Well, where you, where you look is the screen, the main screen on the right edge of the screen. If you want to drive, you swipe upwards. And then you'll see the picture of the car and an arrow pointing in that direction, which means you're in drive. If you want to go into reverse, you swipe down, and that'll you'll see the arrow at the back of the car, the rear view, the rear cameras engage, and you'll you're ready to go in reverse. To park it, you just press P, top of the screen, puts it in park, neutral, end at the bottom. So that took a little getting used to because if you're making a few quick turns. Normally, you've got your the stalks there under your your fingers are ready to change from reverse to drive, and just just on the indicator side too, if you if the wheels turned or upside down, it's very hard to hit the indicator without the wheel coming back straight again. Like with a stalk that's always there in the same spot, it's it's easier to do that. Uh, with the with the gear changer though, that's pretty simple. There is another option, though. You can actually just in front of the the windshield, uh, the rearview mirror, I should say, just above the driver in the middle there is also physical buttons to put it into park, reverse, hazard lights, neutral. So uh, or there's a physical set of uh, buttons as well. So that took a little getting used to. Not a deal breaker. I, I quite liked it. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was really interesting. Now, as you know, the big screen in the middle, 15 inch, it's the, everything is controlled virtually from that screen, but the rear passengers also have a screen. They've got an eight inch screen in the back seat. So imagine you pair your headphones to that. You can listen to your own music through that little screen. The rear screen also has Netflix, Disney plus YouTube. So I imagine I couldn't test this cause I, I was driving the car. I wasn't in the passenger seat. I imagine you'll be able to watch Netflix, YouTube, and Disney Plus while you're driving because you can watch Netflix and Disney Plus, YouTube in the front, but you've got to be parked. You've got to be charging or if you're waiting for someone. That's when I used to watch Netflix in my car. But in the back seat, I'm thinking all bets are off. You can watch it whenever you want uh, and without disturbing the driver or the passenger. Another cool feature right there. So the the Tesla, I think uh, those features inside really nice. It also has a new ambient light, so this uh, accent light that sort of goes from the driver's seat, this little tiny light strip that goes driver uh, passenger seat around the front of the dashboard, and then also on the other side of the driver's door. And you can see in my video, there's a video by the way, all the stuff that I've spoken about, you can easily see a bit more clearly than my description uh, in the video. You do see that amber, that ambient light and me changing the different colors as well. It's a quiet ride as well. There's 360 degree acoustic glass on board. Thank you very much. EVs are already quiet, but this is even quieter thanks to the 360 degree glass, the acoustic glass. But there's also special uh, suspension bushings and improved seals and sound dampening material. So really deadens the sound pretty, pretty much. So an even quieter ride for you as well. Now, the Model 3, of course, performance, excellent, really zippy. As I said, 0 to 104.4 seconds. That's pretty quick. Uh, pretty much the same as the previous Model 3 in terms of driving performance. So no new surprises there. The rear wheel model, uh, that starts at 61,900, and we were driving the dual motor all-wheel drive long-range edition, 
which started at starts at seventy one thousand nine hundred bucks. So for an extra ten k, you're getting the dual wheel longer range, uh, and the dual wheel, of course, the dual motor is faster, uh, zero to one hundred. Now, as I said, according to Tesla's website, if you order now, you'll have your car delivered between January and April uh, 2024. So early next year, you'll get it. I did. There were a few people who did a double take when they saw the car. They thought, oh, well, that's a new Model 3. How'd you get that? Had to explain that I'm uh, reviewing it and what was one of the first in Australia, actually, to have a test drive of the car to drive it for a few days. And I've got to say, I enjoyed it. A huge improvement over the previous Model 3. The Model 3 is one of the, I think is the most popular electric car in Australia right now. So this is going to be uh, even more interesting for customers, even more welcomed into the EV circles because this is, I think, a much better car than the previous Model 3. But if you want to take a close look and watch our video, you get, go on to Tech Guide and click up, well, click the story and there's my video embedded in there. It's also on YouTube if you want to go there. But check it out. If you want to see for yourself the Tesla Model 3, you can see the full review and video at techguide.com.au. Now, I am holding in my hand right now, and I'm going to take a sip in a moment just to, to, to when I talk about it, I'm holding the Ember Mug. This is a mug that can hold your tea or coffee and keep it at the same temperature from the first sip to the last. Now, I'm going to take a sip right now. I made this cup of tea before the show started. So what are we now? We are 33 minutes in. Haven't taken a sip out of this mug, but hang on. Here we go. Mm. Wow. Still the same temperature as when I poured it more than half an hour ago. Now that's the that's the feature, that's the Ember signature feature is that it can keep it at the same temperature that you choose through the companion app. Now this is a US company, one of the fastest growing tech companies in the world, and it's only been now they've arrived in Australia to sell direct to Aussie customers. You could buy these online and would you have to ship them from the US and now there is a presence here in Australia where you can actually buy direct from Ember. They'll ship to you from Australia. Uh, so they've already been sold in more than 27 countries in the world. Australia, the latest market that's been identified as a potential growth area. We do love our gadgets here, especially, and we do love our tea and coffee. So combine those two things and you're on a winner. Now, this smart drinkware comes in three sizes and uses patented patented technology, that's hard to say, to control the temperature. You can keep it between 50 degrees and 62.5 degrees Celsius. Now, here's what I do. What I did, I paired my cup, my Ember cup, and I have the largest one, the 414 milliliter one, 14 ounces if you're in American, in the imperial measurements. But... I set my mug, I paired it with my with the app. You download the Ember app on your phone and you are able to see the phone, it's connected, but also set the temperature you want to keep your beverage at. I chose 62 degrees Celsius and it is it does a remarkable job keeping it at that temperature. And it, it's really weird to say, but when you drink that last sip out of the cup, it's usually much colder than when you started. I've actually just out of habit, scold that last bit at the bottom of the cup 
and forgetting that it's actually the same temperature as the very first sip I took. So, whoa, I've uh, had a little bit of a shock there. Didn't burn myself, but, you know, it's not something I'm used to having that really warm last sip as well. Now, if you love your coffee or your tea, this is a great way for you to keep it warm. Now, three sizes. Uh, the Ember Mug is 100 ounces. The Mug 2, sorry, 100 ounces, 295 mil. There's the Ember Cup. Uh, which which is uh, 14 ounces and 414 mil. That, that's the largest one you can buy. So, uh, sorry, the middle one's the 10 ounce. So the first one's six ounces, 178 mil. 10 ounces, 295 mil. 14 ounce, 414 mil. That's what I've got. Go big or go home. They're priced between 130 and $220. You can pre-order and buy them through JB Hi-Fi and David Jones. I think it's an online purchase. Not sure if it's in-store. You can also order them. No, it is in-store. JB and David Jones in-store and online at amazon.com.au and ember.com. But because they're here in Australia, they're shipping direct to Australian customers right from our own doorstep. So this is, if you love your tea and coffee and you want to keep it piping hot, and the temperature you prefer it, this is a winner. And I can I can vouch for how warm it keeps the my tea. Uh, I don't put my coffee in it because I drink my coffee too quick. I, I don't let it cool down, so I really don't need it. But tea, something I sit on. I sit on tea for a long time, and having it at the at the same temperature is a game changer for me. Loving it. There's a few colors available too. Uh, there's like copper and silver and black and white and you name it. There's uh, plenty more pictures at Tech Guide, and there's a link also to the Ember website if you're keen on getting one. A good Chrissy present, I reckon this would be. But if you want to take a look for yourself, the Ember, the smart smartware, the smart drinkware, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, we move from smart drinkware to smart decorative lighting. And Laser, the Aussie company, has launched a new range of ambicolor smart decorative lighting products. Now, I think that uh, the you've probably heard of the, is it the, what's it called? The Nanoleaf. Nanoleaf is the brand that came up with those wall panels and hexagon lights and triangles. This is a, a more affordable version, let's say, of those products. So they've got there are there's there's LED panels, smart light bars, hexagon lights, triangle lights, and LED strips. Now, what this allows you to do is get creative with your lighting. So you can arrange the if you've got the panels, you can arrange the panels. If you've got the bars, you can arrange the bars as well, how you like. They're, they've got all these variety, these LED panels built in. They can give you a wide array of RGB colors. So if you want to suit your mood or your decor, whatever you want, uh, these are vastly interchangeable and you can control them through smart speakers with your voice if you want to. So if they connect to your smart speaker, you can, you can have all kinds of fun and convenience changing color. Now going through them real quickly is the Ambicolor Smart Light Curtain. So this is like, as its name suggests, a curtain with LED lights built in. So you can uh, uh, load a picture, a logo, wording into the light strips and control it through the companion app. Or if you're feeling a bit creative, you can use, you can draw a piece of art that will form the image on the light curtain, which is awesome. Next up, you got the Connect 
Uh, the Ambicolor Smart Light Bars. These are, by the way, the curtains $109.95. The Smart Light Bars are $149.95. RGB Bar Light. So you can create different shapes, triangles, squares, whatever you want, and then mount them on the wall. They do come with double-sided tape to mount them on mount the panels on the wall. Uh, so no need to drill, no need to run cables. They all have connectors and, and link to each other as well. Uh, next up are the smart hexagon lights. So they're hexagon shaped, so six sides. And they're $149.95. So you get, I think you get nine panels in, in, in the box to help you create some interesting patterns. Uh, if you want to go triangle lights, same setup. So the double-sided mounting tape all included, uh, the connecting, connecting, uh, so the little the little clips that connect the different panels, that's what conducts the light and the electricity from one to the other. Uh, moving on, you've got the backlight LED strip. So imagine having a big telly and running the LED strip behind the telly so that if – and when connected to a smart box analyzer that comes with this, you connect that to your DVD player, your Blu-ray player, set-top box. It will – that means the light strip will change colour – to match the content on your screen. So imagine they're in a big, vast field. Then the the light, that grass is green, the light behind it will be green. If they're in the ocean and it's blue, then the light behind it will be blue. So it's a really cool way of uh, extending your content from without, outside the bounds of your TV to sort of help you immerse into it a little bit better. The ambient, the ambicolor back LED, backlight LED strip, $169.95. Smart triangles, $179.95. Hexagon lights, $149.95. Smart light bars, $149.95. And the smart light curtain, $109.95. So you can go nuts, create all these amazing patterns and colors and change them as you want. If you want to find out more, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's the festive season, and while it may soon be Christmas for us, it's also Christmas for cyber criminals. You may be spending more time online shopping this month, and this means more opportunities for hackers and cyber criminals to attempt to steal your money. Have you got a cyber safety plan in place? No matter what time of the year it is, it's important to ensure your private information stays private. With Norton 360 Platinum, you can protect your devices from viruses, ransomware, spyware, and more, as well as a VPN for your online privacy and identity theft protection with dedicated restoration support. Get peace of mind for your devices and identity with Norton 360 Platinum. Don't make the festive season the festive season for hackers. Help keep your private information safe from cyber criminals today. Norton 360 Platinum is available at Officeworks, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, and online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. Welcome to the Tech Guide Help Desk. It's brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. They should be your friends too. They make a lot of a lot of cool products. They're from everything from earphones to MagSafe products, screen protectors, cables, you name it. They've got USB docks, you name it. They've got it. Check it all out. You Belkin.com forward slash AU. I've had a few questions, not just this week, but over the last few months, people asking about 
about fall detection. And uh, the, it's a common feature now among smart watches. So uh, I think Apple introduced it first, but it's also a feature on Samsung's Galaxy watches as well. And someone asked, well, what's a brand you'd recommend? Well, it really depends on the phone you're using. If you're an iPhone user, I would recommend the iPhone. It's really the only smartwatch that works and works very well with the iPhone. So that has fall detection. Uh, if, you're, if you're using an Android device or a Samsung phone, then I'd recommend the Samsung Watch Galaxy Watch 6, which also has fall detection. So how does fall detection work? Well, there are sensors in your watch. And if you've sort of taken a tumble, you might have fallen over, fallen off a ladder, done something with enough force for this sensor to activate, you then see a message that says, it looks like you've had a fall. Are you okay? If you don't hit okay, it will call triple zero, Upload your location and also ring someone on your contacts list as well. So you think about the uses for this. I know there's a lot. Most of the readers that contacted me were asking for their elderly parents or grandparents. They were wanting them to have a way for them to someone for something to automatically call for help if they do happen to have a fall. They have a fall. It's not easy for them to get up, uh, especially if they're a certain age. They're elderly. So having this as a safety feature is, I think, a really smart decision. I actually bought this for my dad. My dad was always up ladders and doing stuff, and uh, he's in his 80s now, and I thought he needs this. He also had a bit of AFib as well, so I wanted to keep track of his heart rate. So this, these are the sort of products. This Apple Watch, Apple, uh, the Samsung Galaxy Watch 6, and there are others. I, I think the uh, the Google Pixel 2 I think might have fall detection as well. But I do know definitely the the Apple Watch and Samsung Watch do have that fall detection. Even even if you're somewhere like how many times have you heard of like hikers or someone out in the middle of nowhere fall down, they, they have a they hurt themselves, that they're unconscious and no one knows where they are. Well, guess what? Fall detection will not only detect the fall but also provide their exact location to emergency services. And it'll let their friends and family know. So I think it's one of those products where you can't leave home without it and you can't stay home without it as well. And that is the end of our show. Thank you for listening through. Uh, if you've anything that you want to find out a little bit more of, anything that I've already spoken about on the show, you'll find, of course, at our great website, techguide.com.au. And please get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. We love receiving emails. Send it to info at techguide.com.au or click the Ask Stephen icon, you know, where the Belkin icon is on the right-hand side. That will also generate an email to me as well. We'd also give a special thanks to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please, please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll be right back.